and welcome back to a new year and a new exciting uh, round of the Tenderfield Firearms uh, podcast. We're uh, coming to you already in February, which is scary as all get out. I think it's the 11th of February today. Yep, looking at that, it would be 11th of February all day and pretty much half the night. So that being said, we're uh, going to get right into it. Uh, being the 11th of February, on the 15th of February, this uh, coming Thursday night, we have the Hawk uh, Scope sales rep coming in and doing an in-store. So that's going to be pretty exciting. I've got uh, a bunch of barbecue uh, sort of sausages lined up and things like that. We're going to do uh, a cheeky little sausage sizzle. There's going to be some specials in-store and uh, obviously plenty of scopes to have a look at and that sort of thing so yeah looking forward to it should be a very very good evening so if you are listening to this and i've got it out in time um, then yeah we'd love to see you along and if uh, this is coming out after the uh, 15th then oops sorry but it was a good night hopefully speaking in the future tense uh what else has been going on Shambler, the IT guru of uh, Tenderfield Firearms, uh, has got himself a cheeky little 3D printer and has been 3D printing up a storm. Uh, the amount of 3D printed firearm accessories that are online and available for free uh, are just mind-boggling. And, um, you know, I was uh, sort of dubious about how this 3D printer would uh, actually benefit us and so forth but i stand corrected i I knew it was going to do him the world of good you know he can 3d print out his railway figurines and all that sort of stuff for his model railway but in terms of the stuff that you can print for the um uh gun shop and and uh firearms related hobbies you know he's been printing out ammo boxes he's been printing out uh shell holders and and just all sorts of bits and bobs torch mounts and and you know the the amount of options to uh be able to print is yeah limited by your imagination and also the you know the amount of free downloadable uh plans that are already uh there you know online and you just plug them in and and uh press play on your printer sort of thing is uh, really impressive Uh, so he's been having a lot of fun with that and I've been really enjoying uh, seeing that uh, side of his uh, business nature take off he's been uh, really uh, burning the midnight oil with that and and doing pretty well for himself so good luck to him all right now um, in terms of stuff that's come into the shop there's been a whole bunch of budget bang sticks uh, wandering in uh, you know and we've we've got a good selection at the moment of new and used um, firearms uh, you know stuff on consignment stuff that's been bought by me as second hand stuff that's been traded in uh, and uh, new guns both rimfire shotgun and um, and centerfire uh, a lot of 223s and 308s and things like that sitting there ready for a new home. 17s, I've got a couple of 17s that are really, really nice. Hopefully they'll go on the Hawk uh, night, if not before. 
uh, we ended up buying another one of the big spiker uh, shop safes uh, just to handle the overrun and storage uh, we sort of didn't expect to be as full as we are uh, so fast so we've been going since October middle of October uh, it's now the middle of February sort of thing and um, yeah it's been very very interesting seeing how the, the shop's been slowly taking off and you know some days are really really good and other days are sort of you know panic and think what the hell have I done you know I've ruined our entire family's financial future we're never going to re financially recover from this etc etc but um yeah most of the time it's going pretty well and you know i really enjoy uh dealing with the customers and things like that i'm still doing the firearm safety tests for free um so yeah that's something that a, a few people have said you know you should really should be charging for that steve and honestly i've done the maths if i did charge for it I would be very, very, uh, you know, to the tune of, of uh, nearly $10,000 uh, sort of better off over the, the, the past few years. But um, that being said, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the sport and uh, trying to get more people involved is the way I'm, I'm going about it. And hopefully if they do their safety test here at the shop, They'll come in and, and buy a safe or they'll buy their first firearm or something like that. Or, you know, maybe buy some ammo or something. Who knows? But, you know, if they don't, well, that's all right. We'll, we'll get over it and live for years. Now, uh, a couple of things I wanted to uh, chat about, some controversial uh, sort of opinions. We're going to talk about um, various calibers and, um, <laughs> you know, what's hot and what's not um so starting off um a fairly common uh, one is uh 223 or 308 uh for you know a farm gun slash you know first rifle if you're only knocking over you know foxes dogs you know hopping uh you know grasshoppers sort of thing big big uh, macropods of some description uh then 223 probably every day of the week in terms of cheap to feed cheap to run quite an efficient little cartridge it's a good thing if you're popping over more uh deer and pigs into that mix um then perhaps the 308 would be the better option um both have their uh, upsides and downsides the 308 is obviously a bit more expensive to feed um there's a reason roo shooters uh use the 223 that being said, you know, I'm of the opinion that, uh, you know, it's better to have enough gun than not enough gun. And if you're, um, I sort of used to be a very big proponent of, oh, 223 will take on anything. It's a great round, rah, rah, rah. And then I went out uh, shooting with my friend Steve Lee and uh, he took me pig shooting. And yeah, some pigs just, you know, basically brushed off the 223 rounds that I was pinging into them and uh, I sort of realized oh there's a reason people say yeah 223 is a little bit low and undergunned on pigs so I'm sort of more leaning towards a 308 as a walk around hunting rifle or even uh, a, a 243 which will get us into our next controversial topic uh, 243 or 6.5 Creedmoor now realistically uh on paper obviously the creedmoor 
is that little bit faster, a little bit flat shooter, a little bit uh, bigger projectile, rah, rah, rah. But in the real world, is there much difference between a 243 and a 6.5 Creedmoor? Enough that the majority of uh, people, I'll just wait for that car to go past, that enough that the majority of, of hunters and, and things will notice. Um, yeah, and to me it seems that the the 6.5 Creedmoor you know, definitely seems to do a lot more paper punching rather than, you know, animal punching, if you'll pardon the, uh, the term there. The 243 in the 60s and 70s was, you know, pretty much the go-to round uh, in Australia. Like, everyone had a 243, and uh, it knocked over everything. Goats, pigs, deer, whatever. Everybody had a 243 just about... Uh, and the reason is it is a really, really effective little round. Um, 6.5, a little bit more expensive to feed. Um, I think, you know, personally, you know, look, if 6.5 Creedmoor floats your boat or, um, you know, makes your, uh, you know, your, uh, speaking of floats, you know, if you, you know, decorates your float at the Mardi Gras, then uh, that's probably the, the way that you, you should go, you know. Uh, personally, um, if somebody was asking me, you know, should I get a 243 or a 6.5 or a 308 or a 6.5, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'd, I'd sort of, my personal opinion, I'd go the 308 every day of the week, um, followed closely uh, by the 243 and I hunt with the 243 all the time as well um, and then you know if I was looking at taking longer shots and, and things like that and doing a bit more paper punching type role uh, or getting something fairly tactical then yeah maybe the 6.5 would be the go uh, now 22 long rifle or 22 magnum or 17 HMR. What are my thoughts there? Well, everybody should have a P rifle. That's that's first cab off the rank. Everybody should have a 22. Uh, should you only have a 22 at the expense of getting a 22 Magnum or a 17 HMR? Absolutely not. That's why you should buy the biggest safe you can. But if I could only have one, if I could only have one rimfire, if we went down the um, God forbid we went down the WA government's route of uh, limiting you to five firearms. What would they be sort of thing? And in theory, to, to fit all the guns that I'd want to have in, uh, you know, I could only probably have one uh, rimfire rifle. Would I take a 22 or a 17 or a 22 Magnum? That is a tough one. Depending on what sort of shooting, if I was target shooting, obviously I'd get the 22 every day of the week and twice on Sundays. If I was doing more hunting, I would probably go the 17 or the 22 Magnum, uh, depending on what I was, uh, sort of country I was coming into. You know, if I was mainly shooting rabbits uh, with the occasional fox or cat, then probably a 17. If I was mainly shooting hares, foxes, uh, you know, 
things of that nature uh, with the occasional perhaps goat thrown in or, or you know potentially a small pigs and things like that wandering out then probably the 22 magnum but it's it's one of those things that uh, you know it is a nightmare sophie's choice type uh, thing that i don't really want to uh, you know think about too much because it'd make me cry if i had to choose between a 22 or a 17 um as i say the way that my life uh, is going at the moment shooting wise i think i'd probably come down on the 17 but uh, i'd be making sure that i headshot every rabbit because i love eating rabbits and the 17 uh, if you body shoot a, a rabbit you know a chest shot with a 22 you know you're still going to be able to recover all that meat you know in the back legs and the, the back straps and so forth you do that with the 17 HMR and you've just got paddock pizza everywhere. It's just bad times. So that uh, moves us on to um, you know, the lever gun question of a 357, a 44 Magnum or a 3030 Winchester. Out of those, obviously, you know, your 357 would probably be the cheapest to feed and the 44 Magnum would probably probably just edge out the uh, 3030 on the most expensive to feed uh, it'd be a race though between those two um, but in terms of hitting power a 357 out of a lever gun you are is a different animal to one that's fired out of a pistol because you're not losing all that um, that uh, performance in the the side of the cylinder gap and things like that you've got a longer barrel so you're burning up all the powder you are getting a lot more speed and a lot more uh, stability out of that projectile so a 357 is quite a capable little beastie uh, when you're firing it with a, a decent uh, hunting projectile out of a uh, lever gun is it uh, going to hit as hard as a 44 magnum well a 44 magnum out of a lever gun is also not losing uh, power from that cylinder gap of a revolver and so forth uh, and it has a you know it's burning up all the powder through that longer barrel etc so it is hitting with a lot more force than a, um, a handgun so a 44 magnum would be you know and and is a lever gun that i have in my uh so if, if i was only going after pigs then you know look 44 magnum's great 357 magnum though is lighter cheaper to feed and uh, will be just as devastating with the the uh, careful shot placement as a 44 magnum uh, and you know your shoulder will thank you that being said 3030 obviously has killed lots and lots of deer worldwide uh it's a great round there's so much to recommend the 3030 uh you know just in terms of uh, the historical value of it and, and so forth and uh just it's a cool round it really is i'm actually uh, fortunate enough to have a 3030 bolt action a savage bolt action in 3030 and it's just a lovely gun to, to hunt with um, so i really do enjoy the 3030 as a um, as a hunting round you know if you're sort of only chasing pigs and so forth 
yeah, 357 or 44 Magnum would be perfect. If you're coming across the occasional deer uh, and taking the odd longer shot, then, yeah, I'd probably be leaning towards the 30-30. You know, it just depends if you're hunting in scrub or if you're hunting in more open country, you know, you know, and just wandering around seeing what you come across, then, yeah, 30-30s are fantastic. They really, really are. So, anyway, that's some some thoughts there. You know, I'm quite happy to, uh, you know, have a discussion on uh, what people think about uh, my choices. As I say, 223 or 308, I tend to come down on the side of the 308. 22 or HMR or 22 Magnum, I probably come down on the side of the HMR. Uh, you know, the last one that I wanted to have a quick chat about was the uh, air rifle category of a 177 or a 22. Um, I've had both. Uh, I currently just have a uh, Gamma Replay in 22. Uh, I find that for the type of use that I put an air rifle to, uh, mainly hunting rabbits and things like that, uh, the 22 is just a, a little bit more efficient for me. It, it, it hits with a lot more uh, force and, and so forth. That being said, the 177, you're getting twice the amount of pellets in a tin for the same money. You know, it's, it's you know, half the cost to feed as a 22 uh, air rifle. But, you know, in terms of ethically hunting, you know, the 22 caliber air rifles are probably the way to go ethically if you're your thing. So, yeah. Going back to the start, 223 or, or 308, 308, 22 or a 17 HMR, HMR, 177 or a 22 air rifle, I would go a 22 air rifle, 243 or a 6.5 Creedmoor, I would probably go the 243 personally, uh, 357, 44 Magnum or 3030 Winchester, you know, I've, I've sort of man that that to me is the is the more tricky one to to answer if i could only have one i would probably go the 3030 uh if i could you know have one and a few pistols as well and i could only have one and a few pistols i'd probably go a 357 and and uh you know have the the pistols in the same uh, cartridge so that might be the the option there and uh, as i say that that sort of horrible legislation that they're proposing over in wa of limiting uh you know recreational shooters to five firearms i mean you know it's it's sort of the 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 lie that we tell ourselves when we first get into the shooting sports that we're only going to need a small safe and we're only going to have about five firearms. And people come in and do their safety course and tell me that all the time, that they're only going to get a few guns. And I always smile and nod at them and go, you'll be back, pal. <laughs> I'm, I'm not to be mercenary, but I'm going to make so much money off you because there's, you know, you're going to buy this small safe and then you're going to come back and upgrade. There's no two ways about it. Like, man, just buy the biggest safe for the extra $100. What are you doing? Don't buy the small safe. I don't even know why I sell the uh, Spiker medium safe. I should have just sell the um, the twelve gun safe as opposed to the eight, because uh, yeah, people buy the eights all the time, and 
you know, I, I feel like they're, they're always going to come back. But we're so talking worst case scenario, you know, Labour Party decides that they're going to clamp down on, on New South Wales shooters uh, and say that you can only have five guns per, per uh, shooter. What would I get? Well, uh, I think a rimfire, I get a 17. Uh, I'd obviously get a 12-gauge shotgun, probably a straight pull if they still let us have those, uh, or a button release. Uh, I'd probably want a 308. I'd probably want a... Uh, a probably something like a, uh, a a 30 30 lever action and last one sort of is a toss-up between an air rifle or something outrageous and and you know loud and banger uh, but yeah my head would say probably an air rifle so two category b's and a um a, a category uh, uh or three category a's would probably be the way i'd go or maybe i'd sway, trade the two the um air rifle in on a 223 because then i'd, I'd have you know a 22 caliber uh, fire and two 30 caliber centerfires yeah what a yucky Sophie's Choice type thing to, to have to think about. Those poor buggers over in WA, I absolutely feel for them. Like they're, they're just getting screwed over by the government over there. And it's it's one of those things that realistically, I, I hate the N word. Like the, that, uh, you know, the antis and, and government bureaucrats need, you know, so they will say, you know, they say, well, why do you need that? You know, the N word being need. In a free country, I shouldn't have to justify why I need anything. It's not about need, it's about want. And, you know, as long as I'm not hurting anybody or putting anybody at risk, the firearms are locked up, then, you know, need shouldn't come into it. You know, it's none of the government's business. But uh, anyway, that being what it is over there in WA, I absolutely, as I say, feel sorry for them. We fortunately are not in that position over here in New South Wales. so. Throw your PTAs in. The PTA system over here is fantastic at the moment. Uh, you throw in a PTA online, you're getting that PTA back, provided you already have firearms in that uh, category. You're getting that PTA back within uh, you know, 12 hours or so. It's fantastic. They are so very efficient. Now, the firearms registry really have turned over a very new leaf, very customer-focused uh yeah, particularly uh, for the dealers, but also uh, just for, for general firearms owners and, and uh, clubs and, and things like that. Absolutely cannot fault them. So they're going to be at the Bathurst Arms Fair, which is uh, very early Bathurst, uh, very early Bathurst, very early, early March. So uh, I'm hoping that I'll see a few people there that actually listen to this podcast. Please come up to the Downfield Firearms table and say hello to Christine and myself. Love to chat with you and uh, love to hear that you're actually listening to this nonsense that I blather on with. Uh, but also, while you're there, why not go and, and uh, just say, 
kudos to the uh, New South Wales Firearms Registry because, you know, credit where credit's due, they have been very, very good of, of late in terms of, uh, you know, there's still some things that they do that sort of make me go, oh, yuck, why would you do that? In terms of particularly uh, punishing uh, people with... Uh, disabilities and disability pensions and things like that applying for new licenses and so forth but on the whole they're very very good at the moment and uh you know i i absolutely uh want to applaud them for for uh, uh being so fantastic at the moment all right well that's probably more than long enough um probably one of the longest uh, podcasts we've done so far so i better love you guys and leave you and uh, we will talk very, very soon. I'm hopeful of doing another uh, podcast, uh, hopefully before uh, the Bathurst Arms Fair and probably during the Bathurst Arms Fair. But uh, as always, you can um, come in and see me in store or you can give me a call on the uh, phone. It's very easy, my numbers to find or send us an email. We'd love to chat. Alrighty, thank you very much for listening. We will be back.